I'm SP from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a show about the general Marvel comic universe, part of the Guinea Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other hilarious and fun geeky shows at guineageeknetwork.com. Welcome to an all-new Better Podcasting live chat. I am Steven, and with me, of course, is SP. It's still after five years, I want to jam out to this music. I'm so glad we picked it. It is so great to hear the Better Podcasting theme on the Better Podcasting live show, which, by the way, we do every other week. Join us Tuesdays, 5 p.m. Eastern at Geeks.Live. Ask us questions. We're here to answer your questions. So join us in our live chat, which you can find at Geeks.Live. We'll be here for about 30 minutes every other week and then the off weeks we actually record a better podcasting actual episode but every other week we do these live chats we'll be here 30 minutes or until we run out of questions topics that sort of thing but uh, we'll give you guys 30 minutes for these better podcasting lives more or less of course maybe less (laughs) less is more (laughs) with us (laughs) yeah That's how it always is, right? Oh, yeah. If you didn't know this, by the way, we do also have our Discord server. Now, I want to take a minute to explain what this is because we promote this all the time. We we say come to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. And it's, it's basically a chat room, but with multiple sections in there. And what it is is officially it's the Gunna Geek Discord server. So there's lots of people in there. And there's different what's called channels, different sections in there where people can go and have conversations. And this is one of those things that uh, we've got the better podcasting section, but we have a couple other sections in there that are relevant to podcasters. Like we have a tech section in there and there's a lot of good chatter that does happen in between the shows. And that's where we get uh, some of the stuff that we talk about on this show and the better podcasting main show there. And I wanted to really just explain what it is at the top of the show. So hopefully anybody that wasn't sure what it was would have an understanding and maybe you want to come by. But also maybe it's something that you could use for your podcast to build a community. Uh, It's been a great tool that uh, we've had for better podcasting. Lots of good conversation happening over there. And I always really enjoy it when somebody agrees with us on something that that just makes me smile because I like when people pat me on the back. Mm, which is it's concerning to me because you uh, it seemed to come back every week to talk to me and I don't pat you on the back. So I, I don't know what that's all about. That's true. You do talk about me behind my back, however. Yeah, me and Chris, we do that a lot. <laughs> Okay, so let's start off here with something that you actually had uh, thrown my way via our Discord server, which was uh, about Fireside. We've all heard of Fireside, right? Yeah, the Fireside.fm. Yeah, that that wonderful um, streaming slash uh, podcast hosting service that's out there. Yeah, that's the only Fireside that has to do with podcasting, right? Yeah, well, unfortunately, it looks like uh, through a Macworld.com article, um, there is going to be another fireside. This is going to be kind of a combination of uh, what we in the biz five years ago would have said blab, but everybody says clubhouse now. It's kind of the same thing if you ask me. 
and it is for sports chat and you can record your stuff. You can get money and all that. Mark Cuban, who owns a basketball team, I believe in Texas, he's setting it up. He's trying to be that entrepreneur. He's a stereotypical entrepreneur guy, right? He, he wants to be Elon Musk, but he's not quite Elon Musk because, well, he's just a businessman. He has no tech behind him. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's going on. Um, yeah, I, mm, I don't, I don't, yeah, Fireside, if I, w- if I own Fireside.fm, my first stop would have been a lawyer. <laughs> I, you know, I, I honestly have nothing to say about the Fireside service that this Mark Cuban thing, uh, Mark Cuban has. I, I, I know very little about it other than the headline and, and reading briefly about it. It's just weird to me that, that, you know, there is something called Fireside that has some popularity that people are, that someone's creating another product called Fireside that is in the sort of general similar space, right? Because what, what they say is that Fireside is, quote, a next-gen podcast platform. So... I don't know. I guess they are different things. I guess the term fireside is fairly generic. However, generic things have never stopped companies from being able to patent them and make it theirs, a.k.a. Apple. <laughs> like, right? So, yeah, I, d- I don't know. I mean, it, patent you hear a word, by the way, I, I know that all, all you people have been like, it's not a patent. It's a trademark. Yeah, trademark copyright. or whatever. Maybe they're probably yeah. saying it's not a trademark. It's X. I don't know what it is. Yeah, so we've had podcasts railroad other podcasts and come in with the same name before. I I honestly haven't seen any by the name of Better Podcasting, but I'm sure it's happened to a lot of people out there. They choose a very common name, and even if it doesn't show up in any searches, they grab the URL and everything. Somebody can come in in a different service and, and choose the same name and and all of a sudden you have multiple podcasts out there with the same name. So so it happens. I think with services, it's going to be a little bit different because business is definitely involved with podcasts. Business, non-business uh, depends on the podcast. But with services, it's definitely business. So we'll see what happens with this. I know Mark Cuban's got deep pockets, so he might have the better lawyers when it comes down to it, but we'll see. Anyway, the real reason that I wanted to talk about this wasn't necessarily (laughs) the fireside. There was a lot of stuff that's happening with podcast apps right now. You have uh, clubhouse that uh, is, is getting more and more. Interest right now. And we talked about it earlier. It's basically, I think, just because the pandemic's on right now, it's popular, but I don't think it's going to last. I, I could be wrong, but I don't want to put any stock into it to build a brand there or anything like that. Uh, Pocket Cast went up for sale. That was bought by Public Radio mm-hmm. about three years ago, and that's up for sale. So there's a lot of podcast app stuff going on right now. But this Macworld.com article that I threw out there uh, talked about the beta use of iOS 14.5, which is the next iOS for mobile phones and tablets that's uh, undergoing testing right now. It might give users the ability to choose which podcast app is the default. Right now, it's the Apple Podcasts app, which I don't use. 
I go in there to search maybe uh, Apple podcast reviews on my shows from time to time, but I don't use it. I mean, it's on my phone. I use Overcast. So if I was given the ability to choose which app I want, I would go with Overcast. And now to get back to Pocket Cast, though, they're they're up for sale. And that's the Android side of house. And we have Google Podcasts, which is trying to be the Apple Podcasts over there. We talked about different issues with Google Podcasts a couple of weeks ago on this very show. And I am curious to see who ends up in both areas being the predominant podcast app, the, the listening app, podcatcher, whatever you want to call it. I, it's going to be interesting. But with iOS opening the floor to choosing your default app, that then opens up the competition a little bit more. And I don't know why they would do that. Why, Stephen, tell me why they would do it. They've got a monopoly that's inherent in iOS right now to go use the podcast app. Why would they allow you to choose another one? I think it's more to do with um, deteriorating market share on the phone front. I think that's why, because I think there are people who are are locked into certain things. And we've seen this elsewise, and we're getting more into the tech territory there, but with iPhone, we've seen default apps start to come out. You can, as of, I think it was um, 14, you can set the default browser, I believe it is now, finally, or the default mail client. It's one of the two, if not both, that you can do in 14. And I think that that was the response to people going, possibly a pocket that they had there where people were saying, no, like market research showed they were, people were going for Android because they wanted to set that. And I mm-hmm. think that, Apple is is just putting this in that same sort of scope of customization to try to keep um, retain some of of their their market share in phone usage, I guess. So that's my guess why. Plus, I think they're probably realizing that the writing is on the wall and that there are people who are going to be dedicated to a service like Spotify. There are people who are going to go. No, I I like Spotify. Spotify is the system I use for music. And that's where I'm going to get my podcasts. And so if they're alienating those people, again, like, are those people really going to go, I'm going to listen through Apple Podcasts? No, they're going to launch the app anyways in Spotify. So I could see that in my email when I click on a link, it'll bring me to a basically a questionnaire of which browser I want to use to open up the link in. It's not, I should see if there's a setting that I can just choose that because I don't like the extra step there, but I do like the ability to choose which browser is the default browser. So, and that is something that like Android, I know they've had for a very long time. And I I've known people, including myself who have, it was a deciding factor to go to Android was being able to set those default apps. So that's kind of where I think this is coming from. And um, yeah, I'd love to know what people think about this as well, because is this something that you'll go whatever's friendliest for your device? Or is this something that you know a place that you're going to listen to podcasts through and you want your device to work for that platform? Yeah, I just want to remind our listeners right now, if you go to Geeks.Live, you can join in the live chat. You can ask us a podcasting question. We're here for you this week, and we would love to hear from you. 
Stephen, you have a couple other things you want to talk about. Yeah, let me start off by saying we've mentioned a few times before the um, Avermedia live streamer cam 313. That's a, a webcam that we've had some people in our Discord server talk about a little bit. And um, it came up because our go-to recommendation is the Logitech C920 or the Logitech C922 camera. We think that those are really good quality, even to this day, as long as you don't need beyond 1080 for the normal price point. But the challenge is that when COVID hit, a lot of this inventory went away. And I, I know some places it's starting to pick up again, and you're able to find some of these again. But in large, it's been hard to find these cameras because they got scooped up very quickly when all of a sudden people wanted to have a good quality camera. And the Avermedia live streamer cam 313 is one that Damien, the DM, um, had talked about in our chat. I had actually also um, had some experience. My dad had bought it for his his teleworking. And so I had a chance to look through through um, a couple of video calls with him and see what it looked like. So I decided to give it a try. It was on sale. So I bought it. I don't have okay. it anymore. I, I, took ah. it, I took it back because uh, I think that the quality was was OK. I think that it was quite acceptable and better than a lot of the cheaper webcams that you find and even the webcams in that price point that aren't the C922. But for me, it, it was very quick that I, I didn't want to keep it because its configuration did not work well with platforms and with like XSplit. So I what I like to do with my video side of things is I have individual camera settings because I have lights, I have studio lights. I've gone in and I've set those camera settings to where it's all balanced, not overexposed, the white balance is right, and all of these other things. And the configuration um, for the live cam 313 just didn't work well. When I got it going, I couldn't reproduce the results. It was almost like it was still doing some adaptive things. And there was two different versions of the driver. And I, I didn't, I, I tried twice to podcast. I'd actually secretly messaged Damien and said, shh, I'm going to try to do a subtle switch and see if anybody notices. And then I, I messaged him after the second week of trying to do it and went, sorry, it's back to the store. Like, I, I'm not, Man. I, I'm not giving, I'm not giving it another try. And it was two, two times I thought I had it, went to the podcast and uh, I had it right next to my C922. So it was an easy switch back. I, I had a little, like a, a, an extra mount thing, but. It went back to uh, a very, very big warehouse store, and we'll leave it at mm. that. Well, if I would have known that, I, that would have explained some things going on in the background. I know you're very particular about your cameras, your camera settings, and how you appear, how your background appears on camera. So I am not surprised <laughs> that it didn't didn't make muster there. Uh, thank you for trying it because I know not to. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I got to say, like, you know, if you were just using auto settings and the auto settings worked for your environment, which a lot of people auto settings do work for your environment, it, it was pretty, pretty good. Like if you can find it on sale and those will work for you, I think that it, it looked decent. I think the C922 and the C920 look better. That was but that was my brief experience. I didn't put many hours onto it. That's why I felt comfortable taking it back. And so, um, yeah, it's, it was a failed purchase, which I don't we, know. We've had quite a few in yeah. the last year. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about this pod news article that was floating around podcast spaces the last couple of days, getting a lot of traction. The title of the article was how to know when you can depend on fair use. 
who is by a couple of authors of this book called Reclaiming Fair Use, which you can find at uchicago.edu. And the article in Pod News addresses what is and what isn't the law. And it mostly mirrors the United States law, but it does recognize that there's international law. And here's the deal, though. Here's the real thing. Yes, you can use fair use to do a lot of things on your podcast. They were looking at it from a business perspective. They were looking at it from news perspective. They were looking at it from a documentary perspective. And they mentioned this thing called errors and omissions insurance. But other than trying to find this supposedly low cost errors and omission insurance, the article itself doesn't protect you from being sued or needing legal representation for yourself. Based on that, I will say just quick SP's take on this whole thing for hobbyists and most independent podcasters. Fair use remains an area that I would recommend treading very lightly on because somebody can come in, slap you with a takedown notice, sue you or whatever. And fair use is still this defense that you have to use in legal proceedings. And yeah, I, I get this Arizona omissions insurance, which can help you there, but it's not meant, in my opinion, for hobbyists and independent podcasters. I could be proved wrong in the future, but guys, you got to read this article very closely. You have to read the book very closely, which I have not done. And you have to find out what errors and omissions insurance does and does not cover you for before you go off and you start claiming fair use left, right, and backwards. I want to talk about a different side of this as well, because I think that this is this next example is something that people should just really think hard about before you want to go and claim fair use and do fair use stuff. Content ID systems should be enough reason to get you to stop doing this stuff. And what I mean by that is YouTube, if you upload some audio that is in the content ID system, it will take down your video. Have fun arguing it. If, if, if it's been flagged by content ID, the only way you're probably going to get away with it, if it is a false claim and it is something that you legitimately have the rights for. An example of that, the gunnageek.com intro music, where we got that from, they had a big thing on their page that said, um, if you are flagged by content ID on YouTube, this happens time to time, Get cite you, where you license this from and we'll all be fixed. That happened to us and it was all fixed because we legitimately licensed it. And I guess that was just what the system wanted was for, for you to basically, the system just needed you to basically check the box and have a human confirm or whatever. I don't know how, what they do in the background, but but that's an example on where that was the case. I have I have never, ever heard somebody groan about content ID on YouTube, flagging them for fair for something that they believe is fair use and actually successfully appealing that. I don't hear that. I, I, I think YouTube sticks their guns to protect themselves. I've never, never seen a situation where they've won that argument. And that's YouTube. I get that. But things are continuing to come into the podcast space for identification. We didn't we talked about an article a, a while ago where there was a system that was 
scanning podcast music and they had put out a report about how much that they had identified as copyrighted material. This sort of stuff is going to start to get more and more uh, apparent. And I think you're going to find the media hosts are going to lean the same way that YouTube is, where if there's bots going out, flagging content as copyrighted, the bot isn't going to talk to you. The bots, if they know you're on a host, is going to have an automated system to go to that host and say, look, this has been identified on your system and that host is probably going to take it down. So like, don't take the chance. Like, I I think the legal aspect is for sure a consideration, but do you really want to use something in an episode that you think is fantastic and then it gets taken down? Like, I just, I don't know. There's a thousand, there's many reasons you shouldn't be doing this, but the takedown I think is one that like is, is going to become more definitive as more and more bots get into the uh, industry to scan podcasts. The article authors argue that uh, systems like that are inherently unfair and they shouldn't be doing that. Well, great, but they're, they are there and you get caught by them. So again, the errors and omissions insurance is only going to take you so far, especially as a hobbyist and independent podcaster. And I, I honestly don't know how much it is or isn't. But I know that you can avoid the issue altogether and just not trip over fair use. And then you're fine until the system figures itself out. Uh, One thing that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago is that I am, and and I don't have a lot of time to go into detail on this right now, but I am a moderator in several forums, communities, uh, most notably on the podcasting subreddit. And I talked a couple of weeks ago about wanting to discuss some best practices and, and lanes in the road and whatever of moderating. And I, I have come up with quite the extensive guideline list of what to go through. And I'll just say, state a couple of the titles for now, just to tintillate you. And if you want to know more, you can ask me or it very well might be a main segment on a better podcasting actual sh- show at some point in time. Can I interrupt uh, but- you? Because I think that you should make this for there. And and I think that we should use this audience here, Better Podcasting Live Chat, as an opportunity for, for them to um, send a couple pieces of, of feedback to you or ask you a couple of questions so that you can you know, tailor this a little, little bit, uh, more full for better podcasting main chat. Cause I think that it's a very, very good list you have. And, and I know the audience can't see it, but I want to tease them because I think it's great. Yeah. So I'll just go down like the 10 or so main bullets that I've written down on it. So the first one is what is the purpose of your community? This is something that you're going to have to figure out before you start moderating anything. And then what are the community rules? You're going to have to come up with those. You're going to have to post them. You're going to have to find a way to select a team of moderators. A very, very few cases can you be the sole moderator of a community. Uh, periodically, you're going to have to evaluate if you want to moderate or if you're running a team of moderators, you're going to have to do that. That's another one. Uh, another one is uh, having some sort of back room where you can communicate. And I, I list some specifics there. Uh, give each moderator a, a primary job. You know, you don't have to do everything yourself or you don't have to have like a mega moderator or two out there. If you have a team of moderators, definitely use them. Uh, check the community at least daily. That's the best practice right there. Uh, be respectful, thoughtful, and helpful in all communications. That's another one. 
uh, provide community-wide communication. That's another one. Uh, provide the community the tools it needs to succeed. That is your job as a moderator. And then always be training your replacement or your replacements. So those are the, the main points that I've written down and, and I delve down into them. But if you have uh, something that should be considered for moderating that wasn't in that list, please let me know. If you have a question on one of those, please let me know. So we'll probably go over that in the main podcasting show and in the next month or two. Now, one of the last things that I want to bring up right now, I think, is a question that we've had asked a little bit before, but it's been a while, and I think we should touch on it. And Damien, the DM, asks in our Discord, does anyone have any personal experience with the M40X versus the M50X? And I wanted to bring this up right now because, SP, you have both of those there. And also, I know that your opinion on the M50s have changed a little bit since you first bought them. I, I know I've noticed a subtle difference in your, eh, maybe less subtle difference in your opinions since you bought them. So I want to turn it over to you. Yeah, so I did have both the, I still do, have both the M40s and the M50s. I also had the M30s. I gave those to my son and Lord only knows what happened to those along the way. Uh, out of the two, I enjoyed the 50s quite a bit. Uh, they did have a bassier sound to them. They have 50 millimeter drivers. That's the, the, the 50s in them. Uh, the 40s had a flatter response. Um, now, along the way, I have changed the, the headphones that I use on a daily driver basis, I think for about two years now, yeah. not three, to the Shure SRH. 840s, which I'm wearing right now as we're recording this. I still really, really, really enjoy them, love them for over the year cans. They are the best. And that is including for me. And that is including the Sony MDR 7506s, which I have within an arm's reach over to my right. <laughs> Uh, the, and, and the M forties are behind me, behind the curtain behind me and the fifties, unfortunately are at work. I would have brought the fifties home today for this, but unfortunately, uh, my work was closed because of a snowstorm today. So I, I couldn't bring them back. They are in a locked drawer at my desk at work and they are in a locked drawer because I have to have them in a locked drawer, not because I want to have them in a locked drawer. Long story there. So in the battle versus the forties versus the fifties, I do enjoy the 50s a little bit more. I think if you're looking for a flatter sound, the 40s work. But here's the thing. With the 50s, I had to eventually get replacement ear cups. Mm. And I could not find OEM ear cups. They might exist. I don't know. I couldn't find them. I searched for a while. So I got some off-brands. I got the off-brands. They're comfortable. They fit a little bit differently. They seem bigger on my ears than the original OEM. But they completely changed the sound. And I don't know why. Is it because there's a bigger cavity in there? Is it because they're sitting closer to my ear, maybe? Like the, the pad isn't as thick, maybe? I, I don't know. But they changed the sound. And it's not bad, but it's not the nice, tight, almost deep DJ sound of when I first got them. So, yeah, my opinion on my personal M50Xs that I have has changed. Now, do I enjoy them at work? Yes. Do they work well at work? Yes. And, and a large part of that is because they do have the DJ swivel, which you can bring them down. You can swivel mm -hmm. the ear cups both ways. So it works great. But uh, for, for a podcaster, if I was 
choosing between the 40s and the 50s, I would also throw the Sure SRH 840s on the table, especially since they seem to be on sale pretty regularly at 150 or less. And the, you can get the M50s at about 129, but they're regularly about 150. So it's kind of in, in the same cost bulk park in the SRH 840s, I think are well worth the extra that you would pay for them anyway. I, I, if I would have started with the SRH 840s and then I would have gone to anything else, I would have, <laughs> this is crap. <laughs> and I would have just stayed with the 840s. Well, thank you for talking about that. I know I put you on the spot with that there, but, uh, that is a question that's come up because we've talked about the M40s and the M50s. And, um, the only thing I want to add to that is that I've mentioned it before, my M40s do sit in a box because I just find that for my head shape, they're too tight. And, and I, I mentioned that, I see that comfortably because we've had someone else complain about the same thing before too. I don't remember who it is, but um, I know we have for sure. So, you know, any headphones like that, your mileage may vary, but uh, thank you for talking about that SP. Yeah, for what it's worth, I think the 50s will fit a bigger head a little bit better than the 40s. Gotcha. Um, I, I guess I have a smaller head because the 40s fit fine on my head, but I, I did notice that they were tighter than the 50s. So that is a valid uh, review of them. You know what? It, it fits here, though, because everybody says that I have a bigger head than you. I've heard that more than once. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's going to go ahead and take us to the end of a better podcasting live chat today. We wanted to thank you for checking out the show. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, we do have the Better Podcasting Discord. We'd love to have you over there. Come to betterpodcasting.com slash discord. And maybe SP will tease you a little bit about some of the other things he's been doing when he's not podcasting. You just don't know. He might. You mean like the audio drama that I just recorded oh. about three days ago? Oh, is that what I was setting up? Perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So three days ago, a lovely listener of Better Podcasting reached out. I won't say any names or mention the podcast at this point in time until it gets closer to the publication side, but it was a one-off episode. It was great. I was in a live read. I, I've determined my acting needs a lot of help. So I, it, if I get more time after the wedding of my daughter later on this year, I will actually sign up for some courses and take some courses because I would like to, to continue to do this. Uh, it was a, a ton of fun and I can't wait to do it again. So if you are casting an audio drama, please keep me in mind for that because I, uh, I, I would love to cameo in, uh, I'm not going to worm my way into a large part you know, just give me a couple of lines and i will be fine with that i will just love it and uh, just love to be part of the process so thank you very much you know who you are that reached out and grabbed me i really appreciate it all right so for episode number 26 of better podcasting live chat i'm steven john drew saying thanks for watching and thanks for checking out all of the shows that you do it's great for you to be a part of a podcast community in some form. And I'm SP saying, come check us out in two weeks. Send us a question if you have one and we'll see you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. 
This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.